0: Hello. Welcome to our services today. <clears throat> I hope you've had a wonderful July 4th so far. I'm sure many are still enjoying the holiday and uh, we want to wish them the very best. We want to pray for them for safety and security and pray that they would use all the means available to them for social distancing wearing masks when it's necessary when it's appropriate and uh, for certain and for sure um, be careful with alcohol it's best to stay away from it be careful with it there's a lot of accidents this time of year uh with such and things that impair your judgment and your decisions we just want to pray for you those that are joining us today Welcome, and welcome to our services. Welcome to the John Thompson Center. Welcome to the Friendship Home. We hope that all of those men and women and children are watching us today and are joining our services. As we begin all with all services, we want to uh, have prayer and have prayer requests. Um, As you are watching, feel free to share your prayer request. Let us know that you're there. If you're watching, send us a a little note, a little statement, a little comment. We'll certainly appreciate that. We want to begin by praying for our nation. There's a lot of civil unrest, a lot going on across our country. There's a lot of discussion about why. I'm not going to get into the politics of it this morning, but I will say this, the why can come down to one thing, evil. is isn't the evil of a person, it is the evil of Satan himself. Satan himself trying to destroy and bring down this nation, using all of us that will cooperate and participate. The devil is not Democrat or Republican. The devil isn't Protestant or Catholic or Muslim. The devil cares nothing about any of that. He wants to destroy one thing. He wants to destroy uh, the foundation and the testimony and the proclamation of Jesus Christ and the gospel. If in the process he can bring down a nation... He will. We need to pray for one another today. We need to pray that God will move in a mighty way across this land. That people, individuals like you and I, will accept His moving. We'll humble ourselves Him. That we will seek Him. We will be obedient. We have our responsibility as well when we call out to them. Also we want to remember all of the sick. The COVID-19 cases are on an escalation and that shouldn't surprise anyone. Obviously it has, but in reality anytime you open up things and you're allowing people to become closer together, sometimes even the very best they can do isn't going to be good enough. Let's pray for healing. Let's pray for the scientists and the doctors who are working for vaccines, for treatments, for cures. Not only for COVID-19, but for cancers, for other diseases, for diabetes, for the many other things that are out there. Let's pray that God would touch their minds. Let's pray that they would call out to God. Let's pray for the lost souls that we know that are around us today. Only Jesus can touch their heart. He can call them to Him. I believe if we pray for them today and we pray earnestly for them and fervently for them, that God will, through Christ, call the lost to them. I hope you've shared prayer requests today. Let's open our services. Then we'll go into God's Word. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of opening your Word again. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for everything that you've said and everything that you've done, everything that you have blessed this nation with. And as undeserving as what we are today, thank you for what you've done in all of our lives. Heavenly Father, thank you for the grace and the mercy that you extend to us. Lord, we use this opportunity today to call upon you we're calling out to you right now to bless your word first. May the proclamation of it today not return to you void, but may it accomplish everything that you have purposed it to do. Heavenly Father, through your word, may there be healing among this land. May souls be saved. May those who have wandered away and be backslidden today, may they be called back lord may you touch those that are in the science world in the medicine world today may you touch them with wisdom lord may they call out to you and seek your guidance in their life and in their decisions lord we pray that you would move across this land we pray that your church would be revived lord we pray that society would realize and would understand your holy sovereignty today. Lord, make your presence known in this nation. Make it known in such a way that no one can deny God in heaven. Lord, begin this morning by anointing your word. Heaven, the Father will be thankful to praise, honor, and glorify. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning we're going back to Mark. Going back to Mark chapter 1 and beginning with verse 35. While you find your place, I want you to know that I did not abandon anyone last week. I was away. I was preaching a... Preaching Supply for a Pastor in Little Switzerland, North Carolina. That message is on the website www.theinspiringword.org. Also, it is on Facebook. You may have to go down my page a little ways to find it, but it is there if you would care to watch. I hope that you found your place. Mark chapter 1. Beginning with verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he, meaning Jesus, went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, let us go into the next towns, and that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. And he said unto them, and he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. When we're looking at God's word, we realize Jesus wasn't political. We realize also that his people were loyal. We realize another thing that Jesus was here for one purpose and one purpose only. That was to proclaim the word of God. And We can call it his gospel. We can call it whatever we wish. But it all boils down to the Word of God. Jesus dealt with the political crowd. Jesus dealt with the religious crowd. He wasn't there for the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the Esonies or or any of the others. Jesus was there for the truth. Jesus wasn't there to elevate Rome. Jesus wasn't there to elevate a revolution against Rome. Jesus was there for the souls of man. And Him being there for that reason, Jesus also was interested and was driven to call men and women You had a desire to do his work. Three things I want you to notice from our passage this morning. First, I want you to notice the importance of prayer. Jesus saw prayer as being so important that he began his day with it. He didn't go out and start taking care of even the minorest of chores until he prayed. Jesus sought his father in everything he done. He prayed about every town he went in. Jesus moved according to God's will in his life and God's purpose in his life. Jesus accomplished everything that he accomplished because he went to God first is prayer your highest priority of the day now that's a question that we better be careful with well we'll get ourselves on a slippery slope if we don't you see what will happen is we will stand up with a resounding yes but then come tomorrow morning farthest thing from our mind will be prayer. We'll say yes it is but come tomorrow morning the farthest concern in our life will be starting our day in fellowship with God. Now let's stop and think about that. We're going to get up in the morning. We're going to get ready. We're going to go to work. Well, we're going to begin our activities that we have for the day. We've already got them planned out. We open our day planner tonight. We look at them, we start thinking about them. We start doing things in preparation for them. If we really want to start our day in prayer, why don't we end the day before in God's Word? Instead of going to bed with a project on our mind, Instead of going to bed with some worldly purpose or influence on our mind, why not go to bed with God's Word on our mind? If we do that, we stand a better chance of waking up with God's Word on our mind. And if we wake up that way, we have a better chance of remembering to pray and talk to God first. Why is it important? Well, it is not just important, but it is necessary. You see, if we're going to begin our day, and we're going to do so loving God, and we're going to do so going through the day thinking about what God wants in our life and in our heart, then we've got to begin the day with Him being first. first, not second, not third, not only in an emergency. We put God in a glass case night with a sign over it that says break glass in case of emergency. Then we pray and then we wonder why it may take God so long to answer our prayers. Often it's because of us. That's because we don't place a priority on God. We don't place a priority on talking with Him in prayer. We don't place a priority on listening to Him through His Word. We don't place a priority on anything that deals with God until it becomes an emergency. Until it becomes an issue. Until it becomes something that breaks our heart and we're crying into tears. Learn to put God first. Learn to make God a priority. You see, Jesus not only made him a priority, but praying was the most intimate point of Jesus' day. He became one with the Father. Prayer got him to that level of intimacy that only Father and son. Only a father and child. That's what prayer can do in our lives if we will take it to the level that God wants us to take it to. If we'll take it to the level that God has given us the illustrations of in His book. If we will let it become so intimate in our lives that we let God develop that father-child relationship with us. Where is your prayer life? Where is your prayer life? Not only was it an intimate moment, but prayer with Jesus was an opportunity to be one-on-one with His Father. To get some one-on-one time with God. Do you ever desire one-on-one time with God? I'm not asking if you realize it's necessary. I'm asking if you desire it with your heart. Do you desire that one-on-one time with God to the point where you're willing to push everything else aside and place Him where in the place that He needs to be and come to Him in the most intimate, personal way you can. Not just with a list of things. But just to be with Him. Just to be there with God. Not necessarily asking. even though He doesn't mind this. Be there with Him in His presence. Have you ever experienced that? Or being there in the presence of God. Being there in the presence of Him. Being there having Him with you in an intimate one-on-one conversation as the priority of your life. And then walk away refreshed and revived and renewed and knowing that no matter what happens in your day, because you've had that opportunity with God, everything's going to be alright. That's what Jesus done here. That's an example that he set for all that was with him. But he doesn't stop there. Notice with me also, beginning in verse 36, Peter, Mark refers to him as Simon. Yes, Mark talks about all of the rest being with him, but he calls Simon out by name. Here's why I believe Peter, Simon Peter had an opportunity here for spiritual leadership. You see, Peter took the lead in looking for Jesus. He took the lead in searching Him out. There were several of them that were helping. But Peter, being the only one mentioned by name, highlights the beginning of his leadership. Now I say all of that to say this. Does prayer lead you to a relationship with Christ that makes you want to search him out and know more about him and be closer to him? and not have Him at a distance in your life. Peter and the rest of them could have been content just sitting there waiting on Jesus to come back into their life. But no, they weren't. They wanted to go find Him. They didn't want any separation between He and them. Are you looking for Jesus in your life? Are you desiring Him? Are you looking and wanting and moving toward Him, trying to close any gap? Or are you just sitting around, waiting on Jesus to meander back into the door of your life and deal with Him when He comes in? Folks, We don't have time today to sit around and twiddle our thumbs and wait on Jesus. We're not supposed to do that. The Lord looks at each one of these men and He said one thing. He said, follow me. That means pursue Him. That means come after Him. And it didn't just mean for that short period of time. It meant Daily, moment by moment, are we really pursuing Jesus? Are we really seeking Him? All men seek for Thee, Lord Jesus. Do all men seek for Him? sadly know that the men that Mark was talking about did. All men being the church, being the born again saints of God, being those whom Jesus called and said follow me. Those whom Jesus said believe in me and did, they did believe in him. Yes. Yes. They seek him. And we ought to take serious thought on this today, folks. And we ought to take serious thought to, to look at it and to bring it into context in our life. If we're not worried about seeking Jesus, then how do we justify the words, I am saved by grace through faith? How do we justify a statement of our salvation if we're not seeking Jesus? If we're not looking for Him, if we don't desire to be with Him, we better get serious. Church, Christian, Saint of God. If you're not, we better get serious today. Because the devil is driving people to hell in herds today. And we're sitting around waiting on Jesus to walk into our lives instead of seeking Him, instead of praying for Him, instead of getting intimate with God, instead of asking God to move in our life and do things in our life and make us leaders for the gospel. Leaders that point the way for others. Leaders. For Jesus Christ. It's supposed to be the job of the church, the whole church, every saint of God, to be a soul winner, to be a soul winner, on an individual basis, to take the opportunities that are put in front of us and prayerfully. Bring them to fruition. To see the fruit of the labors of Christ on the cross. Are we doing it? Are we doing it in reality the way God wants it? I said there were three things to notice. Third, beginning in verse 38, let's notice Jesus' desire proclaim the gospel. Jesus shows the importance of personal involvement. Jesus on words, Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. Jesus didn't ask how many people. Jesus didn't ask how nice was the synagogue. Jesus didn't ask how good the accommodations were. Jesus didn't ask if they had met any financial responsibilities. Jesus said, Let's go because there's a need. Christian, we need to be praying about need. We need to be praying about where God would want us to be. We need to be praying about how God would have us bring the gospel into people's hearts and lives. We need to be sensitive to what God wants in our life. My wife and I are serving at the McDowell Missions Ministries. John Thompson Center and Friendship Home. Not because we have to. We're not serving there because of the money, because we're paid, because we're not compensated one penny. We're not serving there because of the accommodations. We're not serving there because of anything other than the reality that God put us there because it was where He wanted us in this time, and in this place, in His service. Souls have been saved out of those shelters. Lives have been changed inside of those shelters. People and children and men and women, families have been brought together and restored in from inside those shelters. Not because of me, not because of my wife, but because of Jesus. Because we are there proclaiming the soul-saving power of Jesus Christ. We are proclaiming the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Our ministry's theme verse, 1 Corinthians 18. i I'm not going to quote it from memory because I want you to go look it up. I want you to open your Bible, and I want you to go look up 1 Corinthians 1.18. It is the theme verse of this ministry. Because Jesus matters. Because the gospel matters. Because God matters. Because the Holy Spirit matters. Because the only thing that's going to change this nation is Jesus. Oh yes, I know that God's will is marching toward the rapture, the tribulation, and the end times. You don't have to sell me on that. I believe it. But between now and then, we got a responsibility to preach the gospel. And we'd better be preaching it. we better be taking Jesus' as example seriously. That it was personal personal to Him? Are seeing souls saved personal to you? Do you love Jesus enough to be seeking and talking to people about Him and planning the Gospel? Do you love the souls of people enough to be trying to introduce them to the Gospel? To be putting Jesus in front of them? In your life and in your words, in your deeds, in your Bible study, in your prayer life. Is it personal? It was to Jesus and it should be to you and I. Because we are saved by His blood. Jesus shows us the importance by sharing only the gospel. <clears throat> I realize in America we are all individuals and we have rights under the Constitution. And I realize one of those rights is to vote. And I realize that every one of us has our political thoughts and opinions. Jesus ate His. Jesus was King. Folks, we don't have time to put political party politics in place of the gospel. I don't care who it is. I don't care which party it is. We don't have time. I have said and I have heard people, I have heard people claim that a. Political leader was the equivalent of Jesus Christ. When I got over the shock of hearing that, I had to ask them how so. Well, he just is. And this hasn't been present. This has been in the past. But it illustrates point. This person also says they're a born-again child of God and that they love Jesus but they had rather stand on their pro-choice political agenda they'd rather stand on their sexual immorality agendas of homosexuality and and all of those other things of adultery and fornication and those things they'd rather stand on those political rights and they had stand on the Word of God. Jesus didn't stand up for Rome because Rome wasn't as big as God. we got to get to the point where we realize we don't have any political leaders that are bigger than God. We don't have any political parties that are bigger than jesus christ we don't have anything that's going to move us or motivate us any more than the holy spirit in other words the triune godhead ought to be must be number one in our life we ought not be sharing anything above the gospel above being saved by grace through faith Friends, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a political preference. Prayerfully take it and use it with caution, understanding that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, including our political leaders. And understand they too need to be saved, not just lifted up on a Who's going to share the gospel? Who is going to pray with a desire of getting close to Jesus? Who is going to pray to the Father about the things of necessity? Who is going to want to be that person that has the father-child relationship? Who is going to be the Apostle Peter of the day and is going to start leading others and themselves to go seek Jesus, and find him before he has to come find you? Who is going to take the gospel? Who's going to proclaim it? David. In their words, in their deeds, in their lifestyle, in their Bible study, and in their prayer. Who's going to put the gospel and the proclaiming of it as number one in their life? You're it. It's you or no one. Nobody can do it for you. You can't write a check and drop it in a mailbox and have God's approval if you're not taking it personally. If you're not doing it, in a personal context. Folks, it's all about us getting involved personally. And until we're ready and willing to do it, God's not going to be able to bless everything in our lives. We're not going to be receiving the blessings of God that we could be receiving because we're going to be living in disobedience. Let's not do that. Let's follow the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. And let's do it in such a way that it leads others to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the moment, the day, the hour that you give. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for being present with us today. Lord, I pray that You would touch hearts and lives and I pray that people would get close to you. I pray that people would desire that father-child relationship. Lord, I pray that we would desire to be like Peter and we would come seeking Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would have a hunger and a desire to share the gospel. Lord, I pray that the rest of this day I pray for all of those in our government, in our leadership. I pray for scientists and doctors. I pray for the sick and the suffering, whether it be physical, spiritual, emotional, whatever the problem may be. Lord, I pray for those that are lost. I pray for those that are disinterested. Lord, I pray that revival will move across the church and that lost souls will be saved. Lord, until we can meet again, until we can preach, until we can proclaim your word, may Jesus be lifted up in you. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be part of your day. Thank you for joining us. May God bless you. Is my prayer.